Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. Okay, so we're setting the stage real quick. So we are going to jump into this call with the understanding that May's phone could die at any minute. So we're going to start with the crucial stuff right on the front end. But for those of you who need context, we are here on Nothing Confidential, the podcast for actually this is going to be the first ever hashtag asking for a friend with a friend segment. Are you so excited? I am. I've never done this before. And this, you guys, this is one of my best friends. She's literally my family, uh, May Miller, who has never listened to a podcast before, <laughs> actually. Um, but I have known her longer by far than anyone who has been on the podcast so far or potentially may ever be again. Uh, we met each other almost a decade ago. We were in very different places in our life. And now we're both married and she has three kids and yes. obviously my first one is still bacon in the oven, um, but she is a mom squad member number one and <laughs> keeps me feeling sane. <laughs> you are cracking me up. Uh, she also just, just moved to Nashville right as I left Nashville, which is like the biggest pile of shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Seriously. Our timing. It's horrible. It is horrible, but we're cosmically connected. I mean, so. yeah. yeah. Thank God for like FaceTime. Oh, I know. Ugh. And Instagram yeah. where I can, we can just stalk each other's lives and stuff. Like daily. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about sex after you have kids because I get a, I get questions all the time from people asking me this question and I'm not there quite yet. <laughs> so I figured and I, I feel bring like on nobody. Someone. Yeah. And huh. I feel like nobody really like before I had kids, nobody told, I mean, you know, you hear about the baby and the stages of the baby and I mean, you kind of hear of like maybe a disconnect between you and your husband or whatever, but nobody tells you that like your sex drive's done, but some women are different. I mean, they are, I was going to say women, the, the best that I hear are people who are like, Oh, I don't relate to that at all. Like I didn't experience any difference. Like I had yeah. lots of sex during pregnancy and then right after it was great and yeah, then and even it, better. Like yeah. I hear that or I hear oh, well, I had a baby and now it feels like my vagina's ripping apart every time we try to have sex. So we just don't have sex anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, mine wasn't even any of that though. Mine was like straight up, like no sex drive. Like, I mean, it was, you know, and, and I did breastfeed all three kids. So I know that that takes a huge toll, you know, on a mother's body. I feel like, um, that you're made, you know, you're made, you, you bake this baby for eight, nine months or whatever it is. And then 
if, you know, if you choose to breastfeed, like your body's like nurturing and keeping alive this baby. And it's like, sex is like on the furthest end of, you know, what you're thinking of, um, for me at least. And it was, I mean, it was a hard, you know, and it's still like, I just got done breastfeeding my two year old, um, probably two months ago. And that's another thing everybody says like, Oh, as soon as you're, you're done breastfeeding, like give it a month and you're going to be like back at it. Like you're in your teens and like, no, like I'm still like trying. Yeah. Like it's, it's a constant like battle of like trying to get back into it, Mm. which is weird. Like you feel like it should be there, you know, like and well, you not, want it to be like, you love yeah. that person. And if you guys had a good sex life before kids, it's like, of course you want that, but then yeah. you also have to deal with the disparity between like wanting to want it and not wanting it. Yeah. Actually. Which is even, yeah. Which is as aggravating as your husband wanting it and you not having to give it because that has definitely been, you know, not, not necessarily an argument, but a, a huge conversation of like, look, I know you know, your needs as my husband and as a man. And like, it's just as aggravating for me because it's like, Hey, I want that. But how do you get back into that when like, there's nothing like the bottle is empty. So it's, it's, it's a challenge and a struggle for sure. Well, I'm going to read you this, uh, question that was submitted anonymously. Cause I think that it's okay. two part. I think we touched on it a little bit, um, just now, but we're, we're going to split it up. So it says, what if you are physically and emotionally attracted to your husband, but after kids sex comes up and you become closed up and distant, your body is there, but your mind is not. How do you get back to that mind, body, soul connection and intimacy? So that's like a multi-part question. We're kind of talking about how you have experienced the disconnect where you're like, I had the kids. Right. I love my husband. I'm attracted to him. Yet the desire to engage in sex is not there. So the first question I actually want to talk about is what she said at the bottom. She said, how do you get back to that mind, body, soul connection and the intimacy part? How do you and Adam keep intimacy while you're going through the stages of not wanting to have sex as much? Does that make sense? Red wine. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is even new to me. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those people that like, you know, I'm very in touch with myself and very like my husband and, and my communication skills are like on point. Like we do not ever go to bed mad at each other. If we have an argument, like it is talked about right then and there. Like I don't get to walk away, which comes from tiny living um, that we did for two years, but yeah, like we learned to like, no, you don't get to walk away and like, let this chill. Like, we're going to talk about it here now, no matter how ugly and how uncomfortable it is. So, um, communication and even like being like, Hey, uh, we need to hold hands. Like we need to kiss. Like, even if, you know, the rest of it, like if sex isn't there, it really is like a job just like for your kids. Like if, you know, one or all three of my kids need specific things. Like you have to look at like your husband and not, I don't know how to put this, but as another kid, like, okay, like we don't push him away too. Like it's like Willow Maddox Sutton husband, like all together, like they're all equal. So I think making that a priority, just like making feeding my kids breakfast, lunch, and dinner a priority is 
or has been like a big help to go, okay, no, like that's not fair to him. Um, so like prioritizing I, connection, you know, yeah, like connecting like, with him. Yeah. And I have learned that, which is super weird to me. And like, we've tried to figure this out as well. When we are having sex, I'm totally into it. It's getting to the point that that's the hardest part. And I think it's because like my mind is constantly going with shit that I need to do throughout the day or the next day, or like being so aggravated because I have three kids with me all day long, you know, and one of our children likes to come get in the bed at night. So like eight o'clock hits and I'm dead tired and I will go to sleep. But if I wake up at 4am, it's like ding, 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 like, okay, Megan, you're awake, make an effort. And of course he doesn't turn that down. Um, yeah. So it's like, you roll up against him and push into his back. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, get on me. (laughs) No, but like finding the time, like, even though our time frames are so different, like he is such a night owl and I'm like, grandmother may like need to be asleep at like eight or nine o'clock. Um, but he has totally compromised that if I wake up at three or four AM because my mind doesn't freaking stop. But also, like, there's no kids on me at that time. Then, like, hey, the time is there. Like, we're, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So married sex is kind of like, um, I had the perfect analogy a second ago. Now I'm not going to be able to remember it. God damn. <laughs> this pregnancy brain is the worst. It's the worst, man. I know. I know. Oh my God. I had like this clever, I had this clever quip that I was like going to throw out. And as soon as I started to say it, I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave that for another day. Yeah, it might come back. <laughs> it might. Maybe, maybe not. Just like the sex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, and so, and it's interesting that you said that because even though, you know, my kid is not even on the outside yet. And this is a like pregnancy, especially towards the end has been really challenging because, not to throw my husband under the bus, but he is in the camp. There are two camps of guys. The one camp is like, oh my God, pregnant bodies, let me get on you. And the other kind mm-hmm. is like, okay, that's a little weird. I love you, but not so yeah. into it. Yeah, I'll wait. My yeah. husband is in the latter camp. He's like not really digging like super pregnant Kristen with the baby like alien morphing around in my stomach and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, it's yeah. weird for him. And we've had to talk. I mean, we've had to have very uncomfortable conversations where I'm like, hey, I know that this is not like you rejecting me as a person. Like, I get that. I'm right. like, but I, it, but it also hurts my feelings <laughs> that you are not able to express like turn on about me right now. Like that hurts my feelings. Right. I'm like, it's not my fault that I'm fat. Like I can't help it, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and I still want you cause you obviously look the same and are unaffected overall by this whole experience. Right. And so like getting that where it's kind of like, I have needs and I get that it's not as easy to say yes right now, but I need, I need stuff. From so you're you. that freaky mom that likes it when that you're likes pregnant? It yeah. Oh not God. not during the first trimester. <laughs> <laughs> not during the first trimester. The first trimester sucked. Yeah. Um, but then it came back like second trimester and has carried right. on through the third, which is really annoying actually, because I just keep getting bigger and bigger and it's harder and harder to haul it around, but I still want it so much. <laughs> oh my God. Of course you do. Of course. Um, hence my like <laughs> weird, like I'm discovering like all these things that turn me on during the day, like <sighs> pregnant Kristen, the stuff that turns me on is, I mean, everything does like, I'm just super horny. Like you um, see like a fire hydrant, like down the road and you're like, Hey, <laughs> 
Oh no, this is when we're going to talk. This is when we're going to talk about Stuart Pierce's voice. Okay. Stuart Pierce. Oh God, that was is, so weird. <laughs> Stuart Pierce is a famous, I mean, phenomenal world renowned, like vocal coach. And he's coached actors and huge personalities and worked with like the Royal Shakespeare company and the guy, I mean, he's like a, a respected you know, person, his voice is the most sexy thing. I have, I want him to read me poetry in the bathtub. Like I was listening to him on a podcast yesterday. And as soon as he came on the podcast, I was like, Oh, I was like walking the dog. Oh. And I was like, Oh God, what is happening? Like, he's also really profound. So I was like, he touched my soul, but also my loins in a very like deep oh, way. Oh my God. Oh God. Uh, yeah. But you also, now that I have, have confessed that you also found something very recently that turns you on. You should share that with the other moms. It's so weird. It's okay, not so, that weird. She said it was weird, but it's, it's not weird. Share okay. With yeah. So I'm like the person that's never ordered anything off of Amazon either. So like, and I've never listened to a podcast either. So, I mean, there's just things that I just haven't done. Like, I don't have time to do stuff like that. So um, this morning, actually, I, well, our two-year-old woke up early. So I just went and got in the bed with her. It was like 4 a.m. Um, and I was really upset because like Adam and I had kind of planned an at-home date night last night, which I went to bed and I was really upset with myself, mainly because like it's you know, it's like I said, like it's as aggravating to me it is, as it is to him. And this morning I start Googling, like, I have no sex drive, like none. Like, where is it? When is it coming back? What do I need to do? Like I'm anti-medicine if I have to be, or if I can be. And of course, you know, a lot of things we're talking about different medicines. And then like, I actually have been taking maca root, mm -hmm. but it hasn't helped anything um, so far. And then I was reading some like kinky website and it was talking about, don't be afraid to try reading. What, what's the website? Erotica. 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 Okay. Sex stories. So, it's like word like, porn. Yes, it, it very much is. So, and I'm against <laughs> porn, like, cause I feel like that's like for, for whatever reason I used to be okay with it, but now I'm like, you can't go outside of our marriage and watch other people bang. Like that's not cool to me. So, um, and we're so open like, to all opinions around yeah, the sure. use of yeah, porn totally relationships based judgmental. on the person. So yeah, yeah, I'm just saying like, you're the first person to be on and be like, no fucking porn in here, which is totally fine. Like that is yeah, for like, their relationship. That is fine. Yeah. And, when they chose. And I will, yeah. And like, we had a conversation before because it got brought up and, you know, it was, it was more of a, do you, would you care? And, and I guess emotional breastfeeding, mm -hmm. no sex drive may was like, well, yes, I of care. Like you, you care. yeah, like you should wait until I get that back. <laughs> it may be like 10 years, but, but Stop. then it's like, okay, but maybe do I give you a hall pass because it might be 10 fucking years. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, that quickly was thrown off the table for the time. I won't say that I'm like against it ever. No, um, but because for where that you one are time right I was now fine with it. and how yes. vulnerable you feel, you're like, this doesn't make me feel safe or appreciated in the marriage. And therefore it's not a right. good choice for us, which is right. Makes a like not sense. right now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
Now, when I start feeling my sexy back and I want to get kinky, I may turn it on and surprise them. You don't know. Like, <laughs> nothing's off the table totally. So, anyway, so I start scrolling through this article thing I was reading and it had I mentioned that website and I'm still reading down. And um, then I was like, you know what? I don't know what the hell this is, but I'm just going to click on it and see, you know, what this is about. Like, it can't hurt at this point. And then, like, so there's all the different stories now at this point whether I know if they're true or not I don't know it doesn't matter (laughs) erotica doesn't have to be true no at that time there was some freaky ones porn isn't true those stories are not true like I didn't walk in while she was making a sandwich and do that to her like that's it's made up it's fantasy (laughs) shut up I'm like five okay I didn't know so I'm like reading I just click on a random one and I start reading, like, what is this shit? I start reading, and I'm like, oh, like, oh. okay. She goes, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. So I'm like reading all this stuff, and I'm like getting turned on, and like my two year old's next laying next to me sleeping. And then I text Adam. Well, I had already texted him. And I was like, I know you're pissed off. And I'm really sorry. Like, maybe I do need to go to the doctor. Maybe that's like last resort. Like, we've got to fix this. And he didn't write back because he was still sleeping. So I'm like reading this stuff. And then I stop and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this works. So I text him back really fast. And I'm like, okay, wait, I found something. I and think I'm we're like, okay. And don't ask me what it is. Yeah. Cause I'm not telling you, do not ask, but I call it my Judy. Which is hilarious. Yeah, I don't even know where that came from. But I'm like, Judy's ready. Like, seriously. And then he, like, came down and, you know, things were great. And he was like, what did you read? Like, what what is this? And I'm like, don't ask. It's like my secret now. So, and it's maybe. my secret power. We yeah. will, I will put the link in the show notes though. Cause she said it to you me. Should. So that you guys, yeah, if like, anybody needs a little erotica to spice up things, listen, erotica is a great tool to have in the toolbox. Like if you are not, if, if porn makes you uncomfortable, if you're like not really down with, to, with like toys or whatever, like we're all about supporting what makes you tick specifically zero judgment. Erotica is one of my favorite things. Like I am a bookworm. I'm a nerd. That? Oh, I've talked about it before, but Oh, well, Last I'm time you asked me that. a really specific question about butt sex. So you weren't asking about erotica or I would have offered yeah, it up. True. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so excited that you found it and that it, yeah. and that it worked for you. And so, it works. And it's weird because like a part of me is like embarrassed because it's like. And you should not be embarrassed. P.S. Well, I mean. Should not I be mean, embarrassed. Well, and then we had the conversation, you know, he was like, well, what's the difference in that and porn? And I'm like. I don't know, maybe because you can't put a face with this. So I could put your face with it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's mental stimulation, which for is why obviously for women, it's much more popular. Like men are much more visceral, like visual people and yeah. we're very mental. And so when it's like, it's in your brain getting you turned on, like from your brain, which is yeah. why it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also think that there isn't a societal, like, version of one thing being represented in the storytelling in erotica. Like sometimes they use descriptors, but most of the time, just like most books, you get to decide what that person looks like instead of having this, like sometimes what feels like a threatening, like overly perfectionistic in front of you. So totally get that. Yeah. And it helped like, yeah, 
Yeah, it did stuff. <laughs> like the juices were flowing. Yeah, girl. So, so this is all like, I mean, this is mo- mom life a thousand percent. Like this is, mm-hmm. it, d- it does not get more real than this, which is why I wanted to talk to you specifically about this because I have other friends who have kids and you know, I kind of was like batting around the idea with, with them. And they were like, Oh God, I think I would just die if I had to, <laughs> if I had to like talk yeah, about I mean, that. And I was just yeah, like, well, and I've even talked about it like on my Instagram and on my yeah. blog and like so many other people would, you know, some were public, some were private, but a lot of people were like, this is not talked about enough. They want to engage. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like we only need one person to, to go. Mm-hmm. Like we just need one girl to put her hand up and be like, yo, this happened to me. And yeah. then like four or five people are like, oh, that happened to me too. And even if they don't want to go on the mic and you know share, that's okay. But I think what's right. important is that somebody does so that right. you know that nothing is wrong with you. Like even right now, I just know because of what like a hormone nerd I am that mm-hmm. even as you're talking to me and I haven't been through this yet, like I'm staring it down, but I'm not, I'm not there just yet. Yeah. I know that because you're the mom of three kids and mm-hmm. their ages and you guys just came out of, they guys with three kids, they literally lived in an RV. They were in the, an effing RV, like traveling around. Like Mike and I thought we were going to kill each other. It was just the two of us staying in one bedroom, like Airbnbs. Like this is three children and two yeah. dogs, by the way. Um, you just got <laughs> off the road. You're in a house. You sold a business. Like there's all this stuff going on. And I look at you and I'm like, nothing is wrong with you. You have adrenal fatigue. Like most moms on earth are suffering from adrenal fatigue. It can be fixed. Yeah. Sometimes maca helps. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I actually have an episode coming up very shortly with a really good friend of mine who is an acupuncturist and um, a naturopath. And we talk all about mm-hmm. how adrenals is the primary like culprit in low sex drive in young women. So like with older women, yeah. you've got another cocktail of hormones happening, but like your adrenals is the primary thing. And it's because you're so effing tired. Like you're just spread thin. Yeah. So yeah. That and I will I share all meat, of the stuff. So, yeah. You're yeah. not getting a lot of the iron. Yeah. So yeah. I will share, she shared a bunch of really awesome um, supplements, which I will send to you for, yeah, for and sure. with haste. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so big takeaways from this right now is that communication, even throughout the process of it being uncomfortable, like it can't become something that's not talked about. Like the sex is already yeah, not no, happening. So you yeah. can't ignore it. You have to be like, Hey, I, I'm here. Like, I know that this isn't happening. I love you. It's not because I don't love you. And it's not because I don't want you. Like, I just, I can't. And like, maybe we need to figure out, you know, some, something different. Like we have to keep looking until we find what works for us. And that's very different for some people, you know, compared to what life was like before kids or even what worked in sex before kids. Yeah. So what was your sex life before you guys had kids? Oh, it was freaky. It was great. It was, yeah, it was all the time, like, like several times a day. Um, and it was literally like, I got pregnant and, you know, I got sick with the first baby and then, you know, 15 months later I had the next baby. Um, and then 18 months later I had the next baby. So, I mean, it's been like, and he wants one more. (laughs) Yeah. And that, she, and, she also and does. She told me this is not one of those things. I want like so 10, for so. yeah, you guys listening, this is not like oh her husband wants her to have kids. Like Adam is the bomb.com. He's the most like 
level-headed, loving, supportive human on earth. Meg has been telling me since she was like 20 that she wants a million children and she legitimately does. Like she's one of those people who legitimately does. I really do. But, and and what's a big thing holding me back is Mm. I'm like, Hey, I'm trying to get my sex drive back. And then like one day out of like a month, it's like there. And then I'm like, Oh my God, it's coming back. Like, I'm not messing that up, you know, for right now to have another kid. But then then it goes away and I'm like, well, shit, I might as well, you know, get, get the rest of them out, you know, and work on this later. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? I mean, but, this is, I would never say this to another guest on the show, but it's May. <laughs> so unsolicited advice is like, anything goes. I say you literally, um, there should be like several years between your current youngest and your next one, get your sex stuff figured out and like stockpile the sex. Uh, so that when you go into the next round of kids, right. Yeah. Adam is it's, like, everybody feels good. Like you, yeah. I think it's important for you to get back to that place where you're feeling yourself too. Cause that's a long time to go feeling disconnected from that part of yourself. Yeah. Like no, I've only sure. been, I mean, I've literally felt the, the pangs of it just from being pregnant where I'm like, dude, I miss, like I, I'm on target and I'm like, I miss my waist. Like I'm looking at mm-hmm. moo's because I don't have a waist anymore. And I'm like, I remember when I had a cute waist and I could wear cute mm-hmm. clothes and no, it know, it's just like, lot. I miss yeah, that. A, I miss me. Yeah. I miss pre-pregnant Kristen. Like I'm really excited yeah. to hang out with post-pregnant Kristen and have James and like, she's, she's the, it's going to be so cool. The light at the end of the tunnel. Like I'm really excited but pregnancy effing sucks. And I feel disconnected from my body and I feel not, you know, I don't feel as attractive and like there are yeah, plenty, no. of, plenty of women who did the whole like, Oh my God, I felt like such a curvy luscious goddess when I was pregnant. And I'm like, I don't, I feel like a fucking yeah, no, whale. I like I was that before I got pregnant. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Be honest, I hated like, all of it too. And, and there are women that love it. And then they, you know, you see yeah. these girls that are like, Oh, I miss pregnancy so much. I'm like, fuck that like there's nothing about (laughs) it being inside you like okay the only thing that's cool is when you get to see them on the camera and like that's it like literally like the kicking like none of that shit's cute like it it hurts it's uncomfortable it's in my ribs it reminds me that my body isn't mine right now (laughs) like no yeah but Mm-mm. for you girls, and then if you for you girls who literally, who really, who, who are not lying, because I'm not convinced that everyone isn't, but for those of you who say you're not lying and that you really loved pregnancy, we love you. You're probably yeah, angelic. You, you're man. probably a better human than me. Like that's, yeah. that's probably true. So yeah. no, seriously, no judgment like, about that either. If you love pregnancy, no judgment on you either. <laughs> Yeah. And may, I mean, and maybe it's different. I mean, it is like, everybody's different and I'm sure everybody's pregnancy is different. I just didn't enjoy it. Like I wish I would have like, but nothing about me misses that. No. So Mm -hmm. again, obviously you guys, we didn't come here to solve your problems. We came here to talk about them in an open format and hopefully kickstart further conversation between you and your friends and you and your partner. Like the best thing you can do is talk about it and not sweep it under the rug because you're both feeling it. And I think the estrangement and the like coolness between you just grows when you don't look at it together Mm -hmm. and when you're not talking about it. And at least when you are talking about it, you're in it together, which builds on the intimacy part. And so I do, I do want to 
um, you know, plug Mike Hankey for not neglecting me in an intimate way. Like even though the physical part has not been what I'm used to, um, he has been so incredibly like our intimacy is stronger than ever. And like, we feel very close and I feel loved and taken care of. Um, but in a very like shallow way, that's different than, (laughs) than me knowing that like I'm getting his motor running. Like that's very, I know that I'm not doing that. And that's real hard for my ego to take right now. (laughs) Yeah. And see, and that's, I think that's a really hard part for the men to not on his, his part, but like on Adam, when he, he feels, or he has felt unwanted Mm -hmm. and it's like, no, like, no, I still think you're totally hot. Like you totally 100% turn turn me on when I look at you. But when it comes to actually having sex, I honestly think like, I'm just tired. Like there's just nothing there, but I will say, you know, and it's weird because you almost feel like a sex slave, I guess, like for lack of a better word, (laughs) sometimes you like just take one for the team. But like I said, anytime we've ever been doing it, I enjoy it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You just reminded me of what I was going to say. See, I told you. Married sex is like going to the gym. You don't always want to go, but you never regret the workout. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I had to say, I had to stipulate married sex because um, there is definitely sex that can be had outside of a love, like when you were single and you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. Mm-hmm. I have regretted some of that sex before, so it didn't really yeah. work with the workout analogy, but like married sex. <laughs> yes. But you never, yeah, for you sure. don't want to go, but you're never, you're never mad that you did once you've done it. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah. And then like, it feels good because like, it's almost like, okay. Like whether that gives you a few days to like, plan. Oh, another thing, plan it. Yeah. You have sometimes like planning it like, all right, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Like shit on the calendar. uh, Yeah. Like prioritize it. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like bringing your kids to school or whatever, making their lunch, whatever. But yeah, like in that it does help because like you're holding yourself accountable and like, if you don't pull through, like, and, and you tell them, like, Hey, look, like I'm doing this, like even be open. Like, look, if this may help and it may not help, but like, it's damn sure worth a shot. So I'm going to plan Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I did try to plan one time every night. I'm pretty sure That's it felt like the second night. That's yeah. A little bit much. Yeah. yeah don't. Yeah. <laughs> be realistic. Be realistic. Yeah. yeah. Make sure that it's not unattainable, especially if you're going from like a yeah. dry spell into like a 30 day challenge. Like that might be a little, that might be a little. Yeah. Steep. Yeah. Um, no, prioritizing it is, is huge. That's just what you were talking about where you're basically just recognizing that he doesn't get pushed off to the side because mm-hmm. of the kids he joined like everyone is on the same lineup they're all yeah. human beings who have needs yeah. they all have this needs is this you, yeah like you would never ignore your two-year-old that needs yeah. their butt changed right like <laughs> you know like it's like you literally have to put them all in the same line yeah so he's so. not getting ditched for the kids and and all of that yeah so, yeah no i for think that's sure. huge i think prioritizing I mean, it had been like a week and a half since we'd had sex the last time around. And I literally, we have a shared calendar and I went onto the calendar and wrote sex and put a heart emoji <laughs> and like the finger. I was like, oh. 
<laughs> yeah, like we're doing this. And oh, and I put it for her, 8 p.m. I, I put it for 8 p.m. because like oh. I get tired too, and he gets tired when he comes home from work. And I was like, that means you yeah. cut off the Friends reruns right after dinner. Everybody brushes teeth, and at eight o'clock, we're in the bed to initiate sex. Yeah, it's not always sexy, sure. but sometimes, like honestly, spontaneity it doesn't work, especially the more elements you add to your life, like. Every time you add a pet or a kid or something else, like spontaneity goes yeah. out the window. Like that just it work. does, and that's yeah, that's definitely been like a big, you know, like that that he misses about me and that I miss about me. But it's like it's not there. I mean, you really have to plan it, like yeah, really. Well, and I so. think that when you're not. <laughs> This may not be true for other people, but when you're not slightly tipsy all the time anymore with like less responsibility, this, the ability <laughs> to be spontaneous definitely kind of just goes away. I know. And that, that too, like, you know, when I, I just, you know, I just started drinking red wine. Okay. And yeah, margaritas. God, and I, I can't like believe that this is all happening. Like as I've been gone, like when I, when I come to stay with you in your house in Nashville with our baby, we're going to pump and dump like some mothers. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I could probably squeeze some out for you if you need it. Oh, so. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, what was I saying? You just started drinking wine, red wine. Oh, well, yeah, you love yeah. everything. You've discovered everything. She, everything did, she didn't yeah. used to drink a lot. You guys just so you know, she was not a drinker. And so yeah. the fact I mean, that I was in college and then, and then it kind of, Oh my God. Is yeah. she gonna die? So, oh, okay. No, I got 10%. So we're good. Oh, okay. Your screen so, went black um, and I was like, this is where it dies, but we got the, media, we got the meatiest part out. So this is, yeah. this is perfect. Okay. So you started drinking red wine. Yes. And I asked my friends like, Hey, why didn't y'all tell me like this? This is good. Good. Like they're like, bitch, we've been drinking red wine to have sex. For yeah. They're years. like, we've been drinking this shit for 10 years. So I could never get over the bitterness of red wine, but you were drinking bad wine. Probably. I don't all, know. What all I'm wine is not bitter. I just like apple cider. Okay. And god. like Moscato. Oh my God. So, oh my God. So what was it? Chuck? What is the, oh, the um, woodchuck something? Woodchuck. Woodchuck. And that was like orchards. her drink of choice yes. back in the day was woodchuck. Yeah. Gross. I drank it too. It's like apple juice, dude. I know. So I know you did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it was, it helped. It totally helped. But then I'm like, I can't drink every night. Like, I mean, I could, but, but I don't really, a lot of moms listening totally to. do. They're like, yeah, we do. Oh yeah. Well, I'm like almost to that point, you know, cause I'm like, for one, it helps me. And, and even like Adam and I had a discussion of like, I shouldn't be drunk or drink to want to have sex. And I don't think it's that. I think it's when you're drinking and you let loose you don't worry about everything else i That's truly exactly think what it is you're not getting drunk to want to have sex with your husband it's just when you have a glass or two of wine it takes the edge off it makes you relax and it, it, it kind of yeah, like relax. brings down the inhibitions you're like oh everything is fine and that list yeah. that is running in your head nonstop kind of shuts up for a little bit yeah. That's and all that's, that's happening in a normal, yeah. a healthy person whenever they yeah. have a little bit of booze. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, so that, I mean, it, it does help. And I'm not freaking saying that everybody should just drink all the time. Like you're not just, condoning alcoholism or abuse of substances in any way. Yeah. Just no, saying. I'm just saying that like, I have never, I guess, really thought of drinking 
a few drinks, one or two drinks, it really does just take the edge off, which in turn makes you not worry about everything or think, you know, how go through your list. So and there's a lot, and there are a lot of ways probably help the same. Exactly. I was going to say, there are a lot of ways to take the edge off. And that that's one of the reasons why you prioritize and you plan too, because if you know that you're going to have sex later, you're also going to look for opportunities to change your state before you come into contact with your partner so that you're ready to throw down when they get there. Whether that is like taking 30 minutes for yourself to go to the gym and take a shower and change your clothes so that you feel like like a human being or breathing or doing a little yoga or whatever is going to like help you drop into your body and get out of your head. There are a lot of ways to do that. Some serious like sitting and meditation for 10 minutes, like even even does it just in silence, you know, sit in your shit, let everything come up and release it. And yeah, you'll be good. Yeah. I love that. So any parting words of love, like we're actual friends, which is such a great benefit. So if somebody didn't have a friend as awesome as you, and they, they just met you, you just became their friend. What would you say to them if they are a mom who is young and fine, but burned out and tired and is having trouble reconnecting with her sex drive? Like what comfort would you offer her? Oh gosh. Um, What would you say to me if I called you and I was like, I don't have any sex drive and I was crying. I would be like, you need to go to a doctor because (laughs) this is not normal. That doesn't count. Who are you? That doesn't count. Okay. No, yeah, that's not a good example. And a normal of all person, people another not, person, yeah. yeah. A normal person, I would, I would just say like, you know, do, do your research for one, you know, um, just like me randomly coming across this weird website and it helped and it worked. Um, don't be, I mean, I'm, I've always been an open person, so it would be no problem for me to call you or, you know, another very close friend to be like, what the hell works like this? Like this isn't working for me. Um, Take the time to go out on date night, you know, put your phone away and just like be in the moment. (coughs) Um, Excuse me. Um, Talk about it, you know, with your partner, because you know, the, the biggest chances are is that they're feeling alone and left out and you can't let them feel that way. Not for long. Like you, it it needs to be a fair game that, you know, you can honestly be open and be like, look, I want this as much as you do. Because when I, I mean, I specifically remember having that conversation with Adam, like, look, this isn't what I want. You know, like I I'm trying everything. I have broken down in tears, like, and had mental breakdowns of like, I want this back too. Like, this isn't just you, like we're in this together and we're a team. Um, I think being on the same page is like the biggest thing, like no matter how hard and uncomfortable and frustrating it is, you know, if you don't want to go take medicine or get whatever that thing is put in you, you know, the extra hormones, then I think it just has to be an open discussion constantly. Like it is a constant struggle between us. And I wouldn't even call it a struggle. I think it's just getting from point A to point B and point B being how we used to be. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think there's ways to get back to it. It's just a constant, just like, you know, yoga, like it's, you, you always have to work on yourself. Like it's, you're not going to do it. Like it's going to undo you. So digging deep and seeing what works for you because we're all so, so different. Mm. 
think we should just mic drop on that. Hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon. (laughs)